we're going to dive into a mistake that could have cost me an absolute fortune, at least in perspective of what I have invested and so forth. But when it comes to what I'm going to share today, it could happen to anyone. And it's just a cautionary tale, if you will, and ways to protect yourself so it doesn't happen to you. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So, a few nights ago, there are certain features that I wanted to try out using the Trust Wallet. And of course, I didn't want to set up a whole different thing. This is already a hot wallet, so why not just import that phrase into it and use it right there, right? So that way I would have the same wallet. I don't really keep the valuable things in there for the most part. These are just the ones that I like to interact with when I'm going into OpenSea and so forth. Of course, I go to my secret place where I have the information for these various wallets set up and I have them written down and they're in code, right? I understand what these codes are, but you know, as far as going through them, it was uh, something where I was outsmarting myself, if you will. And I have one particular wallet, which was set up with the Kuwakai wallet. And that's for my NFTs on Tezos. Again, very inexpensive, not really very valuable, whatever. So I decided to just import that into the trust wallet. However, the way I wrote my codes and I had these phrases, if you will, put down, I was able to get them confused with the one that was associated with my Trezor account and the one was associated with my Tez NFTs, right? So those words are very similar and the way I wrote them in the code, I confused them. It was an error on my part. So this was nothing that was some, I don't know, a hack, if you will. So if something was compromised, it would have been entirely my fault. So how did this happen? It was me trying to outsmart everybody else, ended up outsmarting myself. So a lot of these times when people say that they've been hacked, they have uh, been compromised and so forth, most times it is simple human error. And in the case of this, I was not hacked, but what I ended up doing was I took my treasure phrase. And of course, a few episodes ago, I spoke about how the difference between the treasure seed and the passphrase, and I explain all the difference, all of that. But in this particular one, I took the seed, I'm trying to import it into the trust wallet, mixing up between the Tezos <laughs> wallet and the Trezor wallet, again, my error, and I basically compromised my cold wallet and turned it into a hot wallet. So what did I have to do at this point? There is nothing that I could do to then secure my cold wallet and turn it back into a secure state. It was already imported into this particular wallet. Therefore, that seed was compromised. It is now in a device. It is online, not just on there. So what I had to do was transfer all of my NFTs and everything that I have associated with that treasure to my ledger and I'm getting ready to just wipe that completely clean and then I'm just going to use that to store uh, coins, whether it be my Bitcoin, ETH or whatever it might be. Anything that I'm not really doing within the whole NFT sphere, not connecting with OpenSea and so forth. So as far as why this is important is because a lot of people compromise themselves in importing their seed into a MetaMask, a trust wallet, or another hot wallet simply because they're trying to connect to it and use that interface of the desktop, the browser extension, whatever it is, to then sign contracts or whatever it might be, approve transactions, browse on OpenSea or wherever 
using their desktop, not realizing that there is a way to connect your wallet to it without having to import your wallet using this way. Now, I didn't do that by mistake, thinking that I was importing it or connecting it or whatever it is. Like I said, I just outsmarted the room and I happened to be the only one in the room and I mixed up my Tezos with my Trezor and that is how I ended up compromising my cold wallet, turning it into a hot wallet. So the good news is this happened later at night and gas dropped to about eight guay. So that was absolutely amazing. I was able to transfer all of my NFTs off of it and I did this in one big batch. However, I must tell you that it was extremely nerve wracking. If you ever did this, it is absolutely ridiculous because the one thing that is, I would say, the huge drawback of the treasure is that when you were doing your transactions with NFTs in particular, it is, it's a lot of clicking. It is much more streamlined, much more easy when you're doing it with a ledger device or even in your MetaMask. But each click that I make with a Trezor, it seems like it just induces a little bit more anxiety. When I'm approving all of that set, so the first set, which maybe is about a dollar or so, a little bit less than a dollar, you're just approving the OpenSea contract to then interact with these particular NFTs to transfer them out in batches. So that is why it was actually so cheap. It's because I was doing this through the OpenSea contract, doing this in batches, and that first fee that you're going to see might be, depending, the GUI was so low that some of them were 89 cents, a dollar at max, 90 cents or so, and it was just great. Okay, cool. However, there is a second set of transactions. Now, after that approval is made to actually send them, and that's going to take the larger sum, which was about $20 or so, as far as sending everything over to the next wallet. Now, why would I go through all of this? You might be wondering, oh man, that's an expensive mistake, $20, but here's the thing. If I did not go through all of this, transferring everything off, God forbid that the seed is actually leaked or compromised, maybe I have some sort of monitoring device, who knows what it might be, everything in that wallet would be compromised and at stake for being lost. So when you compare that to the full tax of the $20 or so, it is absolutely worth it. So as I said, I transferred everything over, kept that on the ledger now. And the good thing about that is, as I said, much more streamlined. Ledgerlize has that display where you can actually see your NFTs right in there. Although Trezors does support NFTs officially in their paperwork, it just dances around that and gives you the impression that you cannot use it to interact with NFTs and so forth. But no, as long as you can interact with the blockchain using it, then yes, you can. However, within the Trezor suite, you cannot see your NFTs. It does not at least at last check, does not support the Polygon NFTs and so forth. Usually, this is why if you end up sending Polygon or some other things that is not directly supported with the Trezor device, you have to then import that seed into a Ledger device to be able to access all of that. And that is the reason why, is because Ledger supports way more on the device than the Trezor does. So with that said, I absolutely like the Trezor. It is open source. The OGs that are storing their Bitcoin and so forth will swear by that. That was the original hardware wallet. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. But when it comes to NFTs interacting and doing a lot of signing, it is more nerve wracking in my opinion. But I can go on and on all the different things that you might want to do your homework with when you're picking between a Ledger and a Trezor and the other options that are out there. Right now, I have both of them. I use both of them. And in this case, I'm going to be using this now, wiping the treasure absolutely clean, 
and I'm going to set it up with a new phrase and everything, and I'm going to put my Bitcoin, whatever it might be that I'm just storing for the long run, on there, and that's how I'm going to do that going forward. So what am I going to do with that seed phrase that is in the trust wallet that I imported and so forth? Now it is essentially a hot wallet. Why try to create a new one, whatever it is, it is already imported in there. I'm going to use it as such. I have that information. It's already stored and what have you. So now I have a new hot wallet with a new phrase. So that's not the end of the world. But moving out those NFTs, that was the crucial thing that I had to do at the end of the day. This is not the end of the world. It would have been much worse if I was compromised and I lost everything and that would have been the real headache. So going forward, I think it is just important to do your own security checks, if you will. Earlier, I did an episode speaking about how it was very important to me that I organized and put how I would then have these phrases stored as a backup and so forth. But also in knowing that I don't want to outsmart myself in my own system is also very important. And this is one of those things that we try to make it so much harder for our hackers and for the bad guys to get in that sometimes we make it hard for ourselves as well. And that is how we end up having our compromises. Because if something is so hard that we can't get into it, then we start to cut corners, we start to do different things. And I think of some of these long, absolutely crazy passwords that people might have. If this is not something that you're interacting with on a regular basis, you don't remember, you end up writing it down or doing something just defeats the purpose of having such a complex password, you keep it near your laptop in a drawer, whatever it might be. So sometimes keeping it simple is actually the better thing. Now, when I say keeping it simple, I don't mean password one, two, three, four, or as we were speaking about last night in a space, the typical Android pattern happens to be the Z. So many people use the Z. So by default, if you pick up an Android phone, you want to get into it, try the Z and you can probably get into it. So do not use those basic passwords and so forth. But also, we like to speak about all these various things, but I think it's important to explain these things to anyone that you're onboarding. Don't just tell them to get a hardware wallet because it is much safer than the MetaMask or whatever it might be without explaining fully that you should never ever import the seed into a hot wallet it should always stay on there. But again, and in my case, it was not that I knew that I was doing that. I just mixed up my inexpensive, minimal value NFTs in a particular wallet with the one that actually had things that were of value. But the good thing is I've been meaning to actually move them and, and put them in one place, redirect that particular ENS domain and so forth. So by compulsion, I was forced, my hand was pushed in that direction. So I was able to do that. So that is a good thing. And the gas was so cheap that it did not take an arm and a leg to move everything. And I'm really excited about that. So if you're ever wanting to do this, you want to move around your assets, move around your NFTs and so forth and put them into a different place. I recommend doing that in the middle of the night where I'm recording this in Jamaica right now. I believe I'm on central time right now because we don't have uh, daylight savings here. In the middle of the night when the east coast of the U.S. is sleeping and the U.S. markets, anytime from I would say 10 p.m. up is really the best time to do that. And during times like right now, in this market, there's low activity. It is not meme coin season or NFT bull market where everyone's trying to mint. So gas prices are fairly low. And if you do this in the middle of the night, you can save yourself some money and you can put a very low 
transaction speed or whatever it might be, the fee, and it will go through. You'll be very surprised to see how cheap you can move a lot of NFTs for, especially if you're doing them in batch. Now, I just want to put in a little thing right here and say, if you happen to be using a Ledger device, you can do all of this without even having to interact with MetaMask or anything. You can do this 100% through Ledger Live. You can do your transfers, everything through the desktop interface, and you never have to connect this to another wallet. And of course, when I say connect, I don't mean importing the phrase. I just mean doing the signings and connections and using that as the, the desktop interface, the visual interface of what's happening, of course, on the wallet. Now, it is also important, last thing I will say, in case you have any kind of misconceptions and what have you, there's actually nothing stored on these hardware devices except for the secret key. A lot of misconceptions, people think that the NFTs or the crypto or whatever is on there. And even when we're speaking, we might throw that out there and say, yeah, I have everything protected on my ledger. I have this on my ledger. I have that on my treasure and so forth. But truthfully, the NFTs and the crypto, it, it stays where it is. It is on the blockchain. It doesn't matter which chain it is. It's actually not really moving. What is moving or changing is the owner, that key that it is associated with. So you'll see the public key, which is what you can see with the scan. You can go to any blockchain and see what is owned by whom using that public key. But then on the hardware device itself, you're going to have the secret phrase, or I should say the secret key, which then is the one that is interacting and signing to show that this person is who they say they are. And of course, that is how we get into the whole trustless system, zero knowledge, not exactly having to show your ID and KYC yourself. That is how they know that this particular wallet interacting with the blockchain is the rightful owner based upon the combination of the public key and the private key. And the only thing the hardware device does is store and protect that private key so it is never online. So, just want to put that out there in case you had any kind of uh, misconceptions or misunderstanding. These things do look like thumb drives, but no, it is not storing that. It is just simply a way of interacting with the blockchain and protecting that key. So only sole purpose of it, protecting the key. That is why when you compromise it by leaking out your seed, you get yourself into trouble because you then convert that cold wallet into a hot wallet. You've taken away the sole purpose of why you have it. So with that said, I hope you found this interesting and helpful. If you find yourself in that situation, please just don't be cheap. Protect yourself in the long run. Spend a little bit upfront and you will definitely not regret it. You'll forget that you just spent $20 or whatever it might be, but you will never forget if you end up losing everything. So Thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.